You're listening to the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Georgia. Learn about local issues, meet candidates, and find out what we're doing to bring more options to Georgia voters. Now here's your host. Hi, and welcome to the Georgia Liberty Cast. My name is Ryan Graham, and I'm your host. And I'm joined today by Laura Williams. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, No problem. No problem at all. As it turns out. As it turns out. Um, how you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm a little uh, in despair about the state of liberty, but, you know, less uh, than usual, maybe. Oh, yeah, not as per usual. <laughs> Both. Are uh, you working on anything good for fee at this point or anything like that? Yeah, not really that I can talk about in advance, but oh, there's uh, all right. great content coming out of fee. We're making a reshuffle of some priorities to make sure that we're targeting kids in high school and early college and meeting them where they are and making the ideas of liberty very accessible. I like what's happening and I think it's very promising for recruitment to the movement. Great. Great. So um, I think we'll we'll dive right into this. Um, this is kind of a weird thing for us because it started as a, a national story and is trickling down to the Georgia side and uh, LP National is actually getting some um, headlines based on it. But um, vaping bans, right, going on all all across the country, um, womp, womp. right, and it's it's kind of a silly thing because you know we all know that it's a you know it's a good um, it's a good alternative to smoking and and you know it's been been sold as a healthy alternative, healthier at least, right? Even though we know a lot few a lot less about it, um, but so so all across the country, there's been vaping bans going into place. Um, where, do you know? Do you know some of the places where, off the top of your head? No, but I'll tell you, California's got to be there, and probably New York. And I think Colorado did. Um, they banned flavored. Uh, New York City might have done it already. Um, yeah, they're they're treating it as a national crisis, is what they're saying, which is you know absurd. Yeah, a few, <clears throat> a few dozen people have gotten sick. Right. So, so. Um, there's a bill planned to be introduced. It's not been introduced yet, but they're already getting some headlines in Georgia about it by um, in the state house by Representative Gerald Green out of Cuthbert, and in, in, he's in District 151, and Representative Bonnie Rich out of Suwanee, and she is in District 97. So um, the the details of the bill are a little unclear at this point, um, but it is looking like um, uh, one of the considerations is a full ban on all flavored. Uh, cartridges are they called cartridges? I don't know. I'm not a user, so yeah, <laughs> cartridges. Um, all the flavored cartridges. You know, the whole idea is that there's kids doing them when they're when they're flavored. Yeah, as as though the flavor were the incentive. As right, uh, there are much cheaper ways to get fruit flavors. Right. I mean, and and if you don't want the nicotine, <laughs> and as if adults aren't using the flavored ones either, because nobody likes tobacco flavored anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that tobacco flavored ice cream from Ben and Jerry's really yeah. flopped. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, that, the other idea that they had that they, they floated in the article that I read was that they're going to restrict advertising targeting kids. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever seen advertising, um, but maybe I'm just not going where the kids are. Right. <laughs> Certainly there are vape companies that advertise, particularly Juul, and shows up on podcasts and oh, yeah. shows up in banner ads on websites. I don't know if that's a major incentive for kids doing it. I think there is good psychological research that 
the more you're exposed to it, the more it's normalized. That's true. Yeah. So, I don't know, as long as there aren't pictures of kids vaping. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who knows what the rules are? Who knows like? what advertising to children means? <clears throat> I mean, it's probably Not something on Nickelodeon. similar to uh, cigarette cigarette companies aren't allowed to quote unquote advertise to kids. Yeah. Famously, like Joe Camel got banned because he was more famous than, than Mickey Mouse to kids. Right. So the cartoon <clears throat> images, also billboards within so many feet of a school. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe if a podcast targets a certain age group, you can't have. I don't know. I would hope that the podcaster makes that decision. A good one, yeah. That yeah. you, if you are, yeah, are, yeah. I think as a parent, if I popped in and my kid was listening to an advertisement for, you know, I already get a little. Uh, we we talk about this. Um, my kid, she, uh, she's listening to. You know, she'll be watching YouTube, and there's a commercial for Titans, which is a new DC universe show. And I tell you what, I like it a lot. But it is so violent. I mean, they and they curse up a storm and, and they kill people, you know, very violently. Yeah. The commercial has nothing to do with that. But, you know, in between these kids shows that she's getting Titan advertisements, I'm like, well, the advertisement's not so bad, but I'm not going to let her watch this. No, it's being advertised to you. That's probably true. Based on your user profile. And then yeah. she happens to be watching. That's probably fair. Kid stuff on your account. So I, I had a um, I had a quote from Gerald, uh, Representative Gerald Green on here. Uh, he, he was quoted as saying, I view it as a crisis. There's that word again. When 13, 14, and 15-year-olds are doing it, then we do have a problem on our hands. We want to call attention to it on the legislative level. If it takes doing what other states have done, like Michigan, to ban it, we'll see. So, I mean, it seems like banning it is totally on the table. Um, again, he called it a crisis. Um, so in Georgia, just to put that into perspective, um, there has been one death completely, just one death related to this and a few lung illnesses. Um, and that's based on data that the CDC pulled. So, um, they didn't pull, I, I didn't actually pull any data on cancer deaths in the same, um, time period, you know, due to smoking, but I'm positive oh. it's more than one. It's so, thousands a day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe not in Georgia. But nationally, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so he also brought up 13, 14, and 15-year-olds. Um, I was under the impression that it is already illegal for them to use vape uh, products. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. If, if maybe it's like past the law. If it's... If it, it is illegal too... for them to buy them. Okay. I don't know if it constitutes a unique crime to use them. I think it's the same thing as cigarettes. I'm pretty sure that's how... The, the transaction is the problem, not the smoking. Right. So... Um, Still, they can't, mean, they're, they're not allowed to get it already. There's already a law on the books that says it's illegal to buy this. Yeah, you've already been doing what you say is the solution. Right. And it's not working. Right. More laws are not the answer to failing laws. Failing enforcement at Fa- that. Right, right, yeah. Not just... that I'm for more enforcement of, you know, busting up kids vaping in a parking lot. I feel like... Well, yeah. Any encounter with the police is potentially more dangerous than... The cartridge. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things we can talk about as far as prioritizing, and I'm sure, um, yeah, busting kids in a parking lot for vaping is not very high on the list <laughs> as far as reprioritizing. Right, and and has the same characteristics as other elements of the drug war in that it will be disproportionately uh, prosecuted just based on access to public space. So kids who are vaping in a school parking lot are going to get penalized and kids who are vaping in their parents' backyard are not. 
Yeah. So um, I wanted to move on, or, well, not from this subject, but Bonnie Rich, uh, Representative Bonnie Rich, also had a quote in the article I read, and it was, As a mother of teenagers, I have firsthand knowledge of the insidious and harmful effects of youth vaping. Insidious. I don't know what that means in this context. I don't know. Like the vaping companies are out to get them. They're they're trying to kill people. Yeah, they're insidious murderous. has a has a element of secrecy, which would seem to indicate you would want more public discussion, not to try to shut down public discussion. If it's insidious, it will continue to be a problem, even if it's publicly not spoken about. Yeah, and and the way it made it sound, I, you know, I was worried that maybe maybe her kids. Are, are are vaping and and she's trying to use the law in lieu of parenting i don't know i don't oh, know boy was that a little bit of a low blow i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't think you're entirely wrong but i mean i worry about that kind of stuff she's i have firsthand knowledge of the insidious and harmful effects of youth vaping so you know that that yeah, and she said as a parent of teenagers yeah so that screams to me that you know she's caught her kids doing something that she it doesn't approve of and yeah, is seeking a legal remedy, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, good God, that's, that's terrible to me. I would never do that to my daughter. <laughs> yeah. This is the equivalent of calling the police. Yeah. Well, worse. <laughs> Instead of having yeah. a conversation with your kid. <clears throat> We've also discussed that this, uh, the long illness that they've identified and call me a conspiracy theorist. I can't help thinking about when, the government was poisoning black market alcohol to try to discourage people from doing that. Oh, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not saying that this is a, a deliberate plot. I'm saying it is, there is... There's a, a history. Yeah, and there is a strong financial incentive to have people harmed by these less harmful products so that we can preserve the state revenue that comes from tobacco settlements based on sales in a state, the tax revenue that comes from that, even though they tax vape cartridges as well. And I'm sure tobacco companies uh, are still interested in shutting out smaller players so that they can corner the market either in cigarettes or in these alternative cartridges if people don't trust the smaller supply chains. Well, so there's a, a little bit of data that goes against that. Um, according to the CDC. Okay. But um, the the deaths in general are related to, um, as you mentioned, black market cartridges, so that does not lend itself against what you said, but um, it's also mostly THC cartridges. Ah. So it's not it's not people doing the, nicot- the nicotine uh, tobacco replacement. It's people smoking using THC. So there's a quality control problem in the black market supply, which we right. are going to solve by making it all black market supply. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Good. What a government yeah. solution. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I, that's, a, that's the thing is I could see this ramping up as, you know, as more and more people are harmed by this because it's in the black market and then being, a, you know, really full blown spreading because it just gets worse and worse as more into the black market and more deaths occur, right. more people are hurt. If but, you incentivize people to do this in their basement, yeah, they will not have the quality control standards of a place in Seattle that is purpose built. So, um, some of the some of the statistics that came from the CDC was about seventy eight percent reported using the THC containing products with or without nicotine. Thirty seven percent reported exclusive use of THC containing products. We have to believe that that's underreported due to THC being illegal in most of the country. That's not true anymore. What? 
THC is not illegal in most of the country anymore. Is that true? It is true. An absolute majority of states have legal THC in some form, and an absolute majority of Americans have legal access. Man. Do you count Georgia? Because I don't. No. Okay. (laughs) Well, you can have low THC CBD oil here, right? Uh, Everybody says medical cannabis, but it's not medical cannabis. No. Also, it's not clear. You can be on a registry that says you can have that. It is not clear if you can legally obtain it. That's true. At all. That's true. You got to call Alan Peak. That's true. All right. So we're going to move on and we're going to make fun of the Democrats and the Republicans a little bit. Um, We are equal opportunity annoyers. (laughs) Well, the Republicans are kind of getting up to no good across the country. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have heard, but... Um, I think it's like five states have completely canceled their primaries, um, despite Trump having competition. Right. There are people out there who want to challenge the sitting president for the party's nomination. And several states have said, we're not allowing that this year. And they are legally qualified. They filed all their paperwork. They will be on the primary ballot if given the chance, you know, but they're not being they're not even going to do the primary. So South Carolina yeah. is one of them. It's really close by. It's interesting to see the parties jump back and forth over the line. We're a public institution and we require taxpayer funding for these primaries which are a public good and part of our democracy. Then they jump to the other side and say, "We're a private corporation. We can do whatever we want. We can set our own rules. We don't have to have a primary." It's very much whichever benefits them in the moment. And it's hard for people inside, you know, people who identify themselves as Team Red or Team Blue to acknowledge the hypocrisy on their own side. Yeah, it's one of the funny things that they say that the, the, you know, Republicans try to say that they're fiscally responsible. Um, But they are, so they're trying to cite the cash savings Mm. um, as if like, because if they don't have the, if they don't have the election, then they're going to save the state a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Um. Needless to say, a lot of these places have their primary on the same day as the Democrats, and the Democrats are going to have their primary anyway, so... <laughs> it's unclear <laughs> if there's cost savings. Yeah, I mean, I think some states do them separately, but uh, I, that's a bad law, too. <laughs> it should do them on the same day at the very least, right? Yeah, you've got to have all the polling places <laughs> open and staffed. Yeah. So um, Georgia can't cancel, right? So it's it's in the Georgia code that we have these presidential uh, primaries, um, but... They did change their rules back in May in order to help Trump. So what they did was, um, what the law was before was if you, uh, for whatever uh, percentage, not what the law, what their rules were, whatever percentage that the candidate got, they would get that many delegates to the GOP convention. Proportional allocation of delegates. Uh, I figured there was a, you know, a term for it, but that's why we keep you around. (laughs) Word monkey. (laughs) And we have switched the finding to first past the post gets all delegates. Yeah, so it's it's well, it's a it's a plurality even. It's not even a majority. So, um, in 2016, uh, Trump won by a small, not a huge margin, I don't think. Um, Cruz and Rubio both had delegates from Georgia, um, and Trump would have ended up getting 100% of our delegates under these new rules, even though there were huge swaths of Georgians who did not believe that. And so you could see that affecting, you know, if if in one state you have a heavy Trump support and he gets 90% of the vote, which is what his approval rating amongst Republicans is apparently. 
Um, if he gets 90% and then in, in, you know, some other state, he got, uh, you know, Mark San in South Carolina, Mark Sanford gets 90% because it's his home state. Oh, it's not better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they're one of the states not doing it funny enough. Um, but if, if he got 90% of the vote, you know, that they both would add up to a hundred percent and like, you know, it, it could matter to these, to these people who, um, who are running against him. Right, and for people who claim to believe in distributed power, right, they are scrambling to centralize it, right, to lock in the outcome that they prefer. Turns out we were upset about the DNC super delegates. That was kid stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's what that's what blows <laughs> my mind. Is you know they were right when they got onto uh, about the super delegates yep. when we all were complaining about that. That we were right. Yeah. And and now they're coming in for the fix. You know that the the, uh, the RNC actually announced prior to the any any candidate entering the primary field that they were already integrating with the Trump campaign and backing him. Like that's Whoa. wholly inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> like the organization itself. You yeah. Know? If the organization claims does what it claims to do, which it doesn't. Right. That's true. But if there were no, I mean, you just you just have to have a little bit of morality there. I mean. You know, I'm careful as the chair of the Libertarian Party of Georgia not to take any sides before anyone's chosen, even though I, I mean, I'm going to have my favorites. I'm biased towards certain candidates. It's nothing I can do about it. But I can't use my position in the LP to, you know, show bias towards candidates. So, um, within the party primary. Yeah. Right, right. Which is privately funded, as it should be. Yeah, we do everything through our convention. So, um, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, so, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was the Democrats have uh, announced that they're going to have a uh, presidential debate here in Atlanta. The next one will be here. Uh, they've only said in the metro Atlanta area. Not sure where at this point. I think when we did it before, um, I think Clinton. There was a Clinton debate here, and it was uh, at the Carter Center, so which seems like in a very appropriate place. Yeah, it has a bit of panache. Yeah, so there'll be a big uh, hoopla for whenever that happens. Um, you know, make sure you take your day off of work so that you don't have to deal with traffic. Um, but I mean, so so the thing is though, is LP Georgia is also going to host a presidential debate. I don't know if we've announced that on here or not. Um, it's on the website though. Um, and we've already sent out all the invites. Uh, we have very non-strict requirements um, as per... Generous requirements, yeah. As per access, right? We want to make sure that as many people that want to be included in the debate can be included in the debate. Um, I'll go through the requirements here. Um, the uh, To be in the debate, you have to be a member of the Libertarian Party or one of its affiliates, not be associated with another party either by registration or membership, uh, eligible via the Constitution to be president. So, you know, if you win, you got to be able to take office. Uh, have a website, any old website will do, and have third-party evidence of a libertarian candidacy, which um, could be anything from an FEC filing, an, a third-party article, somebody on a podcast included being on another debate stage. Right. It's not an announcement stage. Right. Right. So you have to be in the race already to right. be included. Right. So I mean, I think also we have to know who you are to invite you. So some kind of coverage. Yes. 
Yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, I mean, so it's, it's weird because like that last one, we, we thought about making it like you have to have an FEC filing, but we've actually had candidates in the past who refuse, you know, how libertarians are. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, um, and they've been fine candidates that are very deserving of being on our debate stage. That's sort of amazing to me. Yep. Yeah. But you know, Yep. You don't want to file with FEC. You don't want to file with FEC. Don't feed the beast. I get it. I get it. I, yeah. I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> but get I it. certainly know those I don't people. Get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so on the now on the LP convention website, you'll see, or the LP Georgia convention website, you'll see a, a section for the presidential debate. So as candidates uh, roll in and 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 say that they're you know they confirm that they'll be there we'll have their information there so far max abramson is the only candidate who has confirmed there's a lot of soft yeses out there right now um but he is a state house representative in new hampshire he uh, joined the race uh, i think a month or two ago um and he's been making the rounds on some podcasts and stuff and he seems pretty legit so great Yep. Well, we'll look forward to hearing from him and hope that it's a debate with more participants. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing about our debate is um, we are going to allow people to send, um, what's the word? Somebody in their place. Proxy. A proxy. Yeah. Um, if they need to. So uh, when, when Georgia held a debate uh, with Gary Johnson in it, Gary Johnson didn't come, but his running mate did, uh, Judge Gray. Which was awesome. I mean, I almost like that better, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. There's less showmanship, more content. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there was also some guy that sent his son to talk about huh. something weird. That was our first uh, yeah. our first convention. It was, it was interesting, for sure. Yeah. 2016? Maybe early 2017. That was 20... Yeah, 2016. Because Austin Peterson was there, and John McAfee was there. So... Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, oh, and the other and the the other piece of it that is interesting is um, since we will always have NOTA on every ballot, um, we are going to work out a way to possibly have NOTA on the stage. So somebody from LP Georgia likely will represent uh, none of the above. Interesting. <laughs> Just somebody to stand up and be disgruntled. Uh, you know, I don't know how it's going to work. I guess it's <laughs> up to whoever does it. Uh, I just feel like it's a it's a nice twist. It is. Um, we haven't come up with the with the rules for the debate yet. Uh, just the inclusion rules. Uh, but that, that's something that we're going to be working on pretty soon here is figuring out how, how we do it. I know, I think a lot of people, um, complain, but we might end up doing like some Atlanta press club rules since Georgia, uh, in general are used to that. The only thing I don't like about that is each candidate answers their own questions instead of every question. Interesting. Yeah. So they asked me when I ran for public service commission, they asked me one question and they asked the next person another question and they didn't ask me the question I wanted to answer. Right. Which to be fair is not their job. <laughs> I guess, but they got to answer the question that that you know, like yeah. I didn't get asked about like Vogel. It gives them, which is, it gives the moderator too much power. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I, I don't think there was too much malice there. I think they were just trying to get into it. But, you know, it just kind of sucked for me that some of my, I, I guess I could have ignored the question and just talked about whatever I wanted. That is one of the things that we train <laughs> candidates to do. Yeah, is, you just pivot and yep. talk about what you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> While that's interesting, what is more interesting is my key platform blank that I choose to talk about whenever there's a mic. So, um... Let's go ahead and get off of that, and we'll we'll start talking about um, other upcoming events. 
Um, Pride is coming up this weekend. Yes. So we will be tabling at Pride, uh, the annual Atlanta LGBTQ plus festival. So it used to be in June with all the other Pride events due to um, concerns about the maintenance of the park. They had the choice to either not hold it in Piedmont Park or move it to the fall, and they chose to move it to the fall. So we have our own little national spotlight for Pride in October. We will need volunteers for the table. If you're interested in coming out and talking to people, it's always a a very mixed crowd. And we have to be a little bit careful on the fiscal issues, but there's so much to agree on on the social side. Live peacefully, do what you want. Government has too much control if it can say who you can love. So we will also need help on Sunday. We are doing the parade route. We have a, a truck in the parade. The art assets have been compiled. We're, we'll have signs for you to hold. We'll have banners. Um, we will need people to ride if you want to dress up in some fancy way. That is also always fun. It's a very uh, carnival atmosphere. And we look forward to anybody who wants to get involved. Just drop us a line. I'm lara.williams at lpgeorgia.com. If you'd like to volunteer, and I will send you the doodle you can sign up or just turn up at our table. We look forward to seeing you there. Yep, so that's all day Saturday and all day Sunday for the table, and then Sunday morning for the for the parade. Everyone will be lining up on various streets. Um, and I don't yeah, think near Civic Center. Near the uh yeah, near the the Civic Center. So uh which is where it starts and you'll you'll find everybody there. So uh come on out. It's a good time. It is a lot of fun. Yep. Um, we've chosen the the theme of celebrate individuality. Yep. So to try to push back against some of the identity politics that do get suffused into that movement, it's okay to be whoever you are as an individual, and we embrace and support your right to do that. That's right. Um, so moving on, uh, unless you have, do you have anything else to add there? Yeah. Nope. Uh, moving on, we have um, some convention news. Um, so like like I was mentioning before, it's the, it's January 18th and 19th. Uh, the tickets are $125 right now. Um, you can find out more information on lpgeorgia.com and then click on the 2020 convention link in the nav bar. Um, we do have a new speaker announced, Dan Sanchez, who's the director of content at FEE. And, Yay! And, yeah, exactly. And he's, um, he's really big on unschooling. He'll be um, on our Alternatives to State-Run Education panel, um, which seems like it'll be a pretty good one. Yeah, I think that's a very valuable conversation to have. There's new polling out that this is a top concern across demographics, including demographics that libertarians have trouble targeting. So I think school choice is a winning issue for us. And we'll get a lot of voices um, telling us how we might approach it, both as individual families and as a party backing legislative change. Right. Uh, And on the convention page, you can always find all the updates. Um, You can find all the speakers there. Um, As candidates roll in for Georgia races, I will start putting people up there. So if you're a candidate and you're looking to get included, um, I do require that you have filed whatever paperwork is necessary to minimally be considered a candidate to the state of Georgia. Um, Otherwise, we'd just have like a bunch of stuff up there and it would be less than useful. Uh, there's a lot of people that always say they're going to run and then, you know, they don't show up and things like that. So I want it to be at least people who have some skin in the game. Um, 
so the other thing, I mean, so we're going to nominate all those candidates at the convention. Uh, we're also going to be nominating our delegates to the national convention. And national convention is where all of our platform bylaws and our presidential and vice presidential candidates are chosen by the delegates. And we choose, uh, we'll have 29 delegates to national in total. That is uh, based on the current membership numbers. So that's subject to change a little bit. It, we had 30 in 2016. We have 29 now, so we've dropped a little in membership. That's the problem. So if you if you want to help bump up that number, join LP Georgia as a member. Um, you can do that for as little as three dollars a month mm-hmm. or thirty dollars a year. Um, I always pledge four twenty. Yeah, that's yes, you do. Um, and did you have anything else? No, I'm excited about the convention. I'm excited about Pride. I think we got a lot to be looking forward to and yep. for people to get involved in. Live and let live, y'all. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Georgia. The theme song for this episode was Metal Tania by Kevin McLeod, released to the public domain through freetv.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate us and leave a review. You can email the show's producers at podcast at lpgeorgia.com. If you're a libertarian in the state of Georgia, don't forget to find your local affiliate at lpgeorgia.com.